Point to Point Podcast, hosted by Nova Scotia Business Inc., discussing the issues and opportunities for Nova Scotia's exporting businesses, the people that make those businesses work and contribute to our communities. So let's discuss, let's listen, let's connect. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. Settle in with me, Laurel Broughton, President and CEO of Nova Scotia Business Inc., for conversations that connect. In this podcast, let's discuss business competitiveness, why it matters, and why you should care about it. As we look to the other side of COVID-19, there is an opportunity to rebuild a better Nova Scotia, one that's more inclusive, more innovative, more resilient, and more sustainable. One step towards this end would be more globally competitive Nova Scotia businesses. To examine this further, NSBI commissioned a report from the Atlantic Provinces Economic Council, or APEC, this fall. We did this because Nova Scotia businesses have long had a need to become more productive and, as a consequence, more competitive. Right now, that pressure is being exacerbated because of COVID-19, which has created limitations that negatively impact productivity within businesses such as manufacturers and other product exporters. The NSBI-commissioned APEC report is called Bouncing Back, How to Spur Innovation in Nova Scotia Post-COVID-19. Let's hear from the report's lead author, Patrick Brennan. Things we looked at was the Global Competitiveness uh, Index, which ranks countries based on their performance in, in different areas, and the Global Innovation Index. There's two of them that we found that were, you know, looking at investments in R&D and uh, manufacturing and uh, equipment. You know, often we'd see Switzerland, Sweden, United States among the leaders in, in many areas. In, in certain types of digital technologies like artificial intelligence and robotics, China, South Korea, and others are, are, are leaders. So, you know, it's important that we keep an eye on those things because if we start to fall further behind, these countries are going to start to use these digital technologies, uh, automated technologies, and improve their productivity and, and become more competitive. And within an organization, if you're investing in automation and digitalization, you uh, you have a good chance of improving your productivity, which uh, will make you more competitive. In, in a lot of our studies, we're encouraging uh, organizations to you know take the time to think ahead about how you could uh, implement digital solutions, implement automation technologies and other digital technologies now. Uh, but planning is uh, is important, and if there is any downtime at the moment, to take that time and, and think how your next five years could look in terms of uh, implementing new digital solutions to support your productivity. As Patrick says, Nova Scotia needs globally competitive businesses exporting and building their capacity to be more digital. Countries like Switzerland, which leads the Global Innovation Index, has encouraged strong collaboration between government, universities, and the private sector to foster technology adoption. Here at home, Statistics Canada data highlights that digital trade has helped businesses retain stability and even grow during the pandemic. The ICT sector is largely digital, exportable services. Most ICT employers retain near-pre-COVID COVID levels of employment throughout the pandemic, and in fact, many grew. Let's look at some of the statistics. The ICT sector unemployment rate was 6.5% and in 
and being digital, it kept exporting, in other words, selling online. A different picture for Nova Scotia's ocean technology sector, exports dropped 3.8% from January to October, and Nova Scotia's seafood exports dropped 14.7%. What's obvious here is border and travel restrictions and supply chain challenges have had an impact in sectors with logistics and physical contact, sales, and shipment, much more than ones with digital products or digital ways to work around boundaries. But there's been a lot of adaptation in sectors like oceans and seafood. Now we see local companies are relying more on in-market representatives instead of traveling to trade shows. As well, many seafood companies are attending NSBI virtual sales training and are implementing adaptations such as presenting products virtually and sending sample boxes. Here's more food for thought. Innovation, Science and Economic Development Canada have recently released a report on what drives firm growth. The report's conclusions include investment in research and development, machinery and equipment and innovation has a positive and significant impact on rapidly growing firms. Investment in machinery and equipment had a positive and significant impact on firm employment growth. Businesses that expect to expand to new markets see an increase in firm size by 4 to 6 percentage points. NSBI has seen similarly positive activity and projected outcomes among our clients here in Nova Scotia. We piloted the Innovation Rebate Program beginning in 2017. It encouraged companies to increase their global competitiveness by driving innovations and adopting new technologies and business processes. We assessed companies in the pilot program undertaking 25 capital projects. These are anticipated to be worth a total of $141.3 million in capital investments, of which about 80% is taking place in rural Nova Scotia and outside of urban Halifax. Just looking at the positive effect adding or upgrading machinery and equipment will have, here's what these investments are doing. An additional economic impact of $24 million in direct labor income and 361 person years of employment. And digging a bit deeper, $346 million in GDP. $131 million in direct labor income, 1,933 person years of employment, all of which is over and above the impact these companies have at the start of their projects. Here's why that matters to all of us, our communities, and to our kids. We know that firms focused on new and better products or new and better processes simply do better. And when firms increase their export markets, they also do better. New markets often open firms to improving their products, services, and are developing new ones for sale. So it's imperative that we maintain momentum and see more companies able to join in, because the reality is that our competitors are not holding back. To that end, this year we've rolled out numerous programs and services. NSBI's digital adoption program and online sales training sessions help businesses rapidly integrate digital tools and e-commerce, creating critical online opportunities to initiate and expand export sales. The Productivity and Innovation Voucher can connect small businesses with university or college-level expertise to conduct research, solve problems, improve productivity, or to develop a new product, service, or process. As we now have an innovation rebate program for small to medium-sized business, the SMEIRP. NSBI has launched this program to complement the earlier larger innovation pilot program but SME IRP targets projects under $2 million. With this, our goal is to help accelerate productivity and innovation 
with small to medium-sized operations, which make up a large part of our provincial business community. We need to try new solutions and do things differently than before so that our businesses are globally competitive, our citizens are prepared for the future, and so that Nova Scotia is stronger, more resilient, and ready to take on the challenges of the future. Doing things differently is very much on the minds of the people at Engage Nova Scotia. Danny Graham heads Engage NS. He believes Nova Scotia's opportunity to pivot toward a more inclusive and resilient province is greater now than ever before. I've reached Danny Graham to find out more. Hi, Danny. So great to connect with you today. Hey, Laura. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. I want you to tell us about Engage NS. Engage Nova Scotia is a not-for-profit that uh, sits at the intersection of the public, the private, the academic, and the community sectors. Um, Our aspiration is for Nova Scotians to understand better the challenges in front of us and uh, the opportunities that sit before us. And in realizing our potential that we're more collaborative and we're more inclusive and more adaptive to change, uh, big changes upon us, so it feels like uh, this is a, an important time for us with our partners to be uh, more visible in the community. I understand that you uh, collect data by polling Nova Scotians, and you've recently done a, a quite a groundbreaking comprehensive poll. Can you tell us about what you learned? Yeah, so there there were a couple of things that uh, we uh, learned. First, uh, what got us down moving in this direction um was a poll that we had done of Nova Scotians about five years ago, and we we asked them two questions. On a scale of 1 to 10, we should measure our success by, um, answer one was growing the economy, answer two was improving our quality of life. And uh, we were surprised when we compared those who answered 7, 8, 9, or 10 on that scale of 1 to 10, just how much higher this notion of quality of life was uh, for people. And we've really wanted to emphasize that these two concepts are closely connected. They're not in competition with each other. In order to have one, you need the other. One's the chicken to the other's egg, uh, if you will. We repolled uh, Nova Scotians just this past August on the same two questions, and we found that the gap between them had actually grown. And so uh, the perspective that we have is that uh, this notion of improving our quality of life is really essential to, to all Nova Scotians, and it's something that we already have, but we need to work uh, toward improving. Well, we at NSBI, we understand the importance of quality of life. Obviously, our responsibility is to drive the economy, but we talk about the quality of life in Nova Scotia in every single one of those discussions. Lately, we've been talking about our COVID-safer jurisdiction. Is there anything that Engage NS and and the work that you're doing, has it been influenced by the management of COVID-19 here in Nova Scotia? What we've, uh, what seems to have emerged in the positive results, relatively speaking, knowing that this has been an incredibly painful time for many in our community, uh, is a clear sense that people's sense of solidarity here um, has been remarkable. Um, uh, people's ability to come together and to uh, be in a, in a place where our sense of community and our sense of belonging to each other is um, generally um, resulting in behavior that ensures that it's one for all and all for one 
in the efforts that we make, and that's uh, that. That's the kind of society that people want to live in. Well, that's really you know critically important, and we know that um, growing our economy is tied to our quality of life. But what about workplaces? Are workplaces a factor in how people view their quality of life? Yeah, absolutely. And and many of the questions amongst the 230 that we've asked people relate directly to whether or not their um, needs are being filled in the work that they do, whether they've got flexible work hours, whether they've... Um, are, uh, as I mentioned earlier, whether their education and training suits the work that they are doing, whether their work satisfaction is high. We want to understand who is uh, experiencing a positive work environment and who is not. Um, part of the research that, um, part of the findings from the research we've done uh, signal to us uh, a number of things that are uh, important for us now to pay attention to, and that is that single parents of uh, adults living with children at home, are more stressed than others. And they're particularly stressed when it comes to sort of meeting the needs for a um, positive work environment, uh, the opportunity to ensure that their children are being cared for properly, uh, and whether or not they can find uh, safe and secure housing. Um, People with disabilities and chronic illnesses similarly are... um, amongst the Nova Scotians who aren't experiencing what's possible here at the same level as others. So as we uh, look to create a more uh, inclusive and vibrant uh, Nova Scotia, we want to be paying uh, special attention to those kinds of communities who have been um, too often uh, not included in our story. Thanks, Danny. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know about the connection between improving our economy and strengthening our quality of life here in Nova Scotia? I, I do have a thought on that, and, and it is essentially that how others see us as Nova Scotians depends on how we see ourselves. Too often we have listened to the story from other parts of the country or other parts of the world about what success looks like without realizing just how wonderfully we have it and how much more of a good life and a society we already have. Uh, It feels like we're turning the corner where we now understand and can own our story with greater confidence. And as a result of that, um, I think become a beacon for other jurisdictions where uh, a strong economy and a good quality of life go hand in hand. I think that's perfect. And you know, Danny, I'm really privileged to get to talk to people all over the world And I can tell you and our listeners that people all over the world are envious of what we have here. Uh, And they say so often, oh, my goodness, it's a paradise you're talking about. I want to move there. So uh, thank you for taking time to speak to us today, Danny. That's Danny Graham, Chief Engagement Officer of Engage Nova Scotia. So in this podcast, we've heard from partners in our community, Atlantic Province's Economic Council, APAC, and Engage Nova Scotia. We've discussed competitiveness, innovation, the accelerated need to embrace change, and have highlighted the fact that Nova Scotia businesses are taking up the challenge. And we've touched on early indications that we're seeing benefits from these changes. Nova Scotia employment was up 10,000 to 468,500 in November, the majority in full-time jobs. And employment among women initially among the hardest hit by job losses, has almost recovered to pre-pandemic levels. 
the province has regained 97% of the employment affected by COVID-19. And the provincial government continues tracking increasing population growth, which reached 979,000 July 1st of this year, beating last year's record-setting high. Finally, we've turned our mind to the importance of quality of life and the underlying data, which will no doubt help us all keep the conversation going deeper. Watch for more content and stories on Saltwire and at novascotiabusiness.com, including the great things happening in our business here in Nova Scotia, something which is key to all of our futures. I'm Laurel Broughton with NSBI. Until next time, let's stay connected.